Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, Remote Control by Ryan Priest. I was ten years old when I first met my Uncle Mark. The talk from my father, my mother, and all the other adults was that he was different now. I hadn't known him before he went to the military, but the consensus seemed to be that the Army had done something to him. The Army had done something to him, and now he was crazy. When a kid hears the word crazy, he only has cartoons and over-the-top caricatures to reference. I'd expected my crazy uncle to be a raving lunatic. Instead, Mark turned out to be exactly the opposite. In the first three months of his living with us, he didn't say three words to me. He ate meals with us in silence, sitting there silently chewing his food as we laughed and talked. He never made any indication he was even listening. This man became the great mystery in my life. What had happened to him to make him so unwilling to speak? Had the Russians gotten a hold of him and tortured the joy out of his life? It was the Russians back then. I had to know. One afternoon, I screwed up my courage and walked into his room, where he sat, morning till night, just staring at the wall in between meal and restroom breaks. Always looking at the exact same spot on a clean white wall. Uncle Mark, what made you go crazy? He smiled. I don't know if he'd ever been referred to as crazy to his face before. He didn't mind. Did the army do something to you? They taught me how to see. He laughed jovially, this taciturn specter. He laughed and then he told me what he was looking at. The United States government was really interested in the goings-on around the world, especially behind the Iron Curtain. In the 80s, there was still an Iron Curtain, and satellite imagery was, at best, only in its infancy. They call it remote viewing, he explained. Hidden behind secrecy and funded by clandestine Pentagon slush funds, Men and women were being trained on how to disconnect their consciousness from their physical locations and receive information from somewhere else on the planet. At first, you're not able to view anything. You're just aware of it. When he spoke, Mark showed no signs of the fragility or insanity his perpetual silence would suggest. He was personable and articulate. It was as if he just plugged himself back into reality whenever he wanted. At first you just get sensations, like the chill of a cold room, an echo of a voice maybe. But if you practice and work hard, suddenly it all begins to come through, crystal clear images and sounds, as if you were really physically there. It's like we just have to give our brains a little time to decipher the language and then wham, it all opens up. Wham was how he described it to me. He traveled through Russia, Afghanistan, He would be on a submarine one day and in a room with Gorbachev the next. Wow, I said, enraptured. Wow is right, but it didn't end there. 
Mark told me about one time when, on a lark, he concentrated on the surface of the moon. He closed his eyes and he was there, gray sands and all. After that he pressed further. Mars, Venus, the surface of the sun, a glowing, warm, ever-churning ocean of lava. How could he stop there? He went further, deeper into the universe. Distance meant nothing. Time meant nothing. At first, he'd note a faint sensation. He'd hone in on it. And then, wham, he'd find himself on an alien world orbiting a foreign star. Red skies, pink seas, green rain that flows from the ground to the heavens. He saw life forms unlike anything on Earth. Giant animals, born big, who never consumed, only shed more and more layers of themselves throughout their lifetime until there was nothing left and they were done. Societies like ours, full of funny little creatures buzzing around, asking one another if they thought they were alone in the universe. Cities in the sky, cities underwater, even a city that swims on top of the ocean like dolphins. Houses, buildings, all jumping and diving together around a planet that's made entirely of liquid. I told my dad about Mark's stories, but he wasn't as impressed as me. You have to understand, those things aren't real. Mark is only seeing them in his imagination, he warned me. Do all these places really exist in the real world, or are they only in your imagination? In the end, you realize that there's no difference between the two. Mark laughed when I'd told him my dad's theory on his wonderful ability. There's something else I haven't told you. We're not alone. What do you mean? There are other minds out there, probing the universe, viewing us. Hundreds, probably thousands of other minds just like mine, reaching through the darkness, trying to make contact. Like aliens? Yes, all sorts of aliens. Aliens who never had a body. Aliens who exist as memories of dead stars. Colony organisms whose thoughts are like symphonies. They're all out there, just waiting to tell us hello. I was too young to understand most of what he was saying other than that he had talked to aliens. He said they were nice, friendly, and could teach us better ways to live in harmony. He told me that one day when we were ready, then all of mankind would communicate this way. No more words, no more isolation, just pure consciousness-to-consciousness connection. We'd give up our bodies and we'd join this giant family waiting for us out in the universe. It's a magnificent feeling of unconditional acceptance. You are one with everyone, so there exists no animosity, no contention, only understanding. Like a sick pet. Mark was gone one day when I got back from school. My parents told me a long story that amounted to them having had him committed. They visited him once or twice in the Institute, but said he never acknowledged their presence. Just sat in his room, staring at a wall. Then one day, we got a call from the Institute. Mark had somehow gotten out. He'd left all of his clothes, including those he was wearing, and somehow disappeared through three locked doors into the night. I can't say how hard they looked, but they never found him. That was almost thirty years ago. 
In that time, I've become an expert on remote viewing and the government experiments that went on during the Cold War. Everything Mark told me about the program checked out. The final conclusion about the remote viewer's effectiveness remains a matter of speculation. Still, every night I close my eyes and open myself to the universe. Sometimes I think I can feel a sensation or two. I keep telling myself to remain patient and remember that it only takes practice. And then, sooner or later, wham! This has been Remote Control, written by Ryan Priest. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening. On the next installment of Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction podcast, he had no idea how the whale had got in there in the first place. He couldn't remember leaving the fridge door open, let alone unsupervised.